Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. Um, some of you already know, I've prayed, um, what's happened this week. Some of you don't. And like I prayed, it's okay. Um, D. Stahl has served Hardaway for more years than I count. <laughs> um, has served Watershed in a coordinator role as our current compassionate care prayer coordinator, um, missions coordinator. Uh, Tuesday morning, woke up to Derek not waking up. Obviously hard for her and the girls and their family and his parents and everybody involved. Hard for us as a staff. Um, You know, when you walk in here and you see watershed, freedom, friendship, and rest. Sometimes those are actualized things. And in this week, I just want to say for for you as a church, for our Hardaway family as a church, um, you lived those truths out, and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you uh, for that with her, and thank you for that with me. Derek was one of my best friends. And uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to preach this morning. You know, like, we're in this series of what we believe matters. (laughs) At the end of the day, think like Jesus. What we believe matters. Um, And so the themes are set for us. And I've chosen to follow our Believe book as our core, like, for the core truth and texts and and things like that. Uh, I'm going to mix stuff in today, so I hope you hang with me. I'm going to do the best I got, but uh, you're going to understand, like, it, we're going to talk about a personal God. I'm just going to say, you either believe it or you don't, and uh, it matters. <laughs> we just lived a week where it matters, and you understand if you've lived these weeks. But um, our question, does God care about me? <laughs> Pretty important question for our lives, amen? Does God care about me? C.S. Lewis, last week I said, you know, I, I read a quote from uh, Tim Keller, and then it kind of brought in A.W. Tozer. What we think about God matters the most, right? Well, I'm now going to contradict that. Not, nobody's going to laugh. It's okay. Like, I'm going to contradict myself. Everything I told you last, no, I'm just, like, there's a tension. C.S. Lewis, um, he wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, maybe you saw the movie if you don't know the book. I don't <laughs> But uh, he said this, I read in a periodical the other day that the fundamental thing is how we think about God. So he's probably reading what A.W. Tozer said. But here's C.S. Lewis. Uh, by God himself, it is not. He says, how God thinks of us is not only more important, but infinitely more important. Indeed, how we think of him is of 
no importance except insofar as it is related to how he thinks of us. Now, that's not a contradiction. I mean, you, you could say it. He gets a little, you know, him and Tozer had a relationship where they pushed back and forth on each other. But I love the fact that you go, no, how God thinks of me is incredibly important. Amen? What God thinks about me matters in our life. It matters just as much as what we think about God. Right? Because if I don't think that God cares about me, that's how I think about God. But it's also how I think he thinks about me. Wow, I just said that. Whew, I kept it straight. <laughs> God, does God care about me? Our core truth is this. I believe that God actually, the Christian truth is I believe that God actually is involved in and cares about my daily life. That is our truth as Christians. Again, whether you're not, like here at Watershed, I, I know people are in different places in their journey with Jesus across the Heart of Light campus. Like we, we want to meet people wherever they're at in their journey with Jesus, right? Life is this journey. But, but our truth that keeps driving us forward, it, it's not, and this isn't dependent upon what I believe about God today. But the truth that God gives to us is that I believe that God actually is involved in and cares about my daily life. And our core text for today, our key verse, again, folks, I didn't pick this. God is good. <laughs> Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains, to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That question we asked, does God care about me? I know I asked this week, God, do you care? Oftentimes comes, we don't, it, it, I don't know about you, it doesn't come when things are good, right? We're usually living, you know, like when you're living your best life, you know, when things are smooth sailing, everything's okay, this question usually doesn't, doesn't come. When we don't need help, <laughs> This usually isn't in our mind, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to think about, i got to find an image of, of a, a ship getting tossed in the sea, you know, like, it's when this happens, amen? How many of you have been here? Maybe you're here, too, today. But it's in these moments, this is when God's care for us. What God thinks about me, and if he's involved in my life, it either matters or it doesn't. Right? I either got something or I got nothing. And we'll get to that in just a second. When I saw this image, I looked at the caption, because I'm looking through images and free images and all that other stuff, right? We want to be be good in how we present things on screen and be a live stream, otherwise YouTube flags you. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Jesus and the disciples on the sea. If you don't know this story, maybe you do, uh, but let me read it. It's from, uh, from Mark 4. I'm going to leave this image up. It's a short story. But uh, it, it starts this way. In Mark 4, verse 35, that day when evening came, uh, he said to his disciples, Jesus. He goes, let's go over to the other side. So leaving the crowd behind, they took him along and just as he was in the boat. So most of, a, a number of his disciples were 
fishermen. And to be around the Sea of Galilee, that, that was transportation. They were getting from place to place. So they got in a boat. And then verse 37, a furious squall came up. Furious. I mean, the scripture is going, no, I, this ain't no little storm. This, guy, this is a mess. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. You get this, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. How many times do you get in these moments and you go, well, God, where are you? You just, you just asleep? Don't you care enough? I mean, that's the disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down. It was completely calm. Said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Does God care about me? That question absolutely matters, doesn't it? Matter to the disciples. What, what are you doing, dude? You're, you're just falling asleep? You, yeah, well, why? What's the point in this? Lord, I've served you. Why? What? Wake up, yo. <laughs> the truth that Jesus helps his disciples see, that even when he's asleep in the boat, <laughs> it's better than not having him there. <laughs> he can do more asleep than we can do awake. <laughs> but I'd rather have Jesus in the boat with me. And he's there. We don't always and can't always make sense of the storm. We can't make sense of why the waves are coming, what's happening, and what's taking place. But the truth is, God is with us. God would come down into this world and be one of us in order to give his life for us. You think God cares that he would die so we could live? means everything. He's not afraid to be in the boat with us. He's not afraid to be in the storm with us, right? So we believe, I believe God is involved in and cares about my daily life. Let me bring us back to the psalm now, and I want to read the whole psalm. It says this, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. And it goes on to say, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It's the Lord who watches over you. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. I think a lot of times when I've read this psalm, Psalm 121, the Lord will keep you from all harm, right? Our, our eyes gravitate towards that. Well, that means nothing bad is going to happen. 
But do we remember how the psalm started? My help is in the name of the Lord. That means we need help. Psalm 121 is, is, a, uh, is a song of ascents. There are 15 songs of ascent in, in the psalms, starting with Psalm 120. Uh, in Psalm 120, uh, man, that's an interesting one. As, as the pilgrim who is far away from Jerusalem, there were three feasts throughout the year that uh, really, uh, what I say, um, I'm going to not say religious, that's not quite the word, but uh, those who just committed to their faith as Jewish believers, they would make a pilgrimage from wherever they are to Jerusalem. And uh, so in Psalm 120, they talk about being far, in a faraway land, a distant land. Those are some names in there that like, you go, huh, what's that mean? Just going, no, we're pilgrims, we're out in the desert, and we are far away. And then the psalmist says, you know what, but I also live in a world that's strange to me. Like, I'm all for peace, and yet it seems like everybody else is at war. I'm trying to be for the things, God, you are about, but they want to be against it. So in our lives, we feel distant. And so that's why we make the trek to Jerusalem. We want to be near God because that's where the temple was. That was where on earth God's presence was. Right, so we're going to do this. And so as they would journey, then, and, and we don't know for sure if they sang the songs in order starting in 120 and then going through the next 15. But the next one would be, you know, we go, I, I lift my eyes to the hills. To the mountains, where does my help come from? Because as they would come to Jerusalem, as they would think of Jerusalem, there were the mountains surrounding Jerusalem. And those mountains had two meanings, two kind of uh, places of, of, of gravity for them. And, and one was, it, it was a sign of protection. It was hard to bring as an enemy to attack Jerusalem because you gotta you gotta go through really tough terrain to do it so the mountains they were a help they were a sign of security and sureness they were they were a sign that said God is more powerful God is stronger in the prayer of our our children right He's awesome. He's got this. Right? There was this comfort because along the way, listen, folks knew it was, it was ruthless to make that journey. There were robbers along the way. Listen, how many of you ever just tripped and messed up your ankle? Anybody? My little sister broke her toe kicking my foot as we were playing soccer in the basement one day. You know, she still blames me to this day. And I'm like, dude, you kicked my foot. Right? <laughs> they were well aware that... <laughs> Stuff happens. <laughs> Fill in the blank. <laughs> That's our that It's a truth of the world we live in. But what gave them confidence to make the journey was that the Lord is the Lord of a thousand hills. In Psalm 125, another song of ascent. They start by this, saying this, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. As I was thinking about a ship, that picture hit me. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Life may feel like and sometimes be like the disciples and Jesus and the ship. But the truth of our faith 
is this is what God is for us. And I'd rather have Jesus sleeping in the boat than be in a different boat. The one who can calm the storm in me and around me is for me. And as Romans 8 reminds me, that nothing in all of creation, heights nor depths, angels nor demons, life nor death, can separate us from his love. The hills also were something else, and oftentimes on the hills were the highest shrines to all the other gods in the world. And on those shrines, the psalmist says, you know what, when I look to the hills, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven. Because all the other options aren't options. All the other options can't calm the sea. All the other options can't and aren't security. It's Elijah on the mountain up against the prophets of Baal and Asherah. He's like, what, what's up? Do we, do, come on, sing a little louder. Do you got to wake them up? See, they thought they had to wake up the gods. But yeah, as Jesus sleeps in a boat, okay. But remember Trinity. Let me, let me help you bring you back to last week. Trinity, there's God, and then you got the three persons. But God, in all of Scripture, never sleeps. There's never a moment where you are outside of his view. There's never a moment, if you're breathing, you're outside of his sustaining power. My legs are getting a lot weaker today. Like physically. But I got him. And God is good. And got me here to be with you. Be with my people. We got to be together yesterday and the day before. Got to sit together and laugh last night as family and friends. That's our God. Our, bring, our God brings joy in the morning. We dance even in the sorrow. There is not a high place. There is not an offering on the hills that can do what our God can do. Because there is no way on God's green earth that I could do this today if it wasn't by him. Monday when I started um, reading and studying, I've, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, there's an author and a pastor, Eugene Peterson. Uh, Eugene Peterson, for me, is, is uh, like a spiritual father, like somebody you don't know, but who through the Holy Spirit, like we are linked to the great, like the great multitude of believers, past, present, future. Um, and, and the picture I have of him as a pastor is he's calm, probably doesn't make stupid jokes like I do in inappropriate times. Um, <laughs> but is in the way he has written and everything I've known from others who've known him, and, and I know someone really well over now, um, and I got to on Tuesday even have coffee with Wynn um, in the midst of the storm. Um, but Eugene was this, this peace. 
it was, you know, you know those people that just when you're around them, you go, everything else might not be okay, but around you, um, in, in Peterson's writings, and even with Wynn, um, and I texted him later, I said, in a day where I couldn't, where I really couldn't breathe, it was hard to breathe, you gave me a, a moment to breathe. Peterson writes on these songs of ascent. He wrote a book, uh, The Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Another reason why I love him as a pastor. Pastoral ministry is not a three-year proposition. It's not a, how can I move on to the next? It's an investment into the lives of people until God says differently. Um, but he wrote about this song, uh, a couple words. It's a little longer because um, partly I didn't know what I was going to be able to say today. Um, but it's worth reading. And I hope you hear because this is part of what gave me the imagery of a ship. Uh, he says this, three times in Psalm 121. God is referred to by the personal name Yahweh, which is the covenantal name. It means God is not, like, he's not surrendering. He's not going to let us go. Uh, actually, the word help in Hebrew means azer. And that is the word that comes all the way back in Genesis 1 when God says to Adam, I need to make a suitable helper for you. It is not good for you to be alone. Let me make for you a suitable helper. Same word. So what does that mean for us? God goes, let me be the suitable helper for you. You got that? Let that sink in. And if you haven't, marinate on that today. God goes, let me be your suitable helper. The one who has created us and sustains us, who has saved us, who has a future for us, who rescues us even from death. Let me be your suitable helper, right? That's a covenantal God, Yahweh, three times. So he says eight times though. Now get this, eight times. We see it in all kinds of different ways in the NIV, but eight times he is described as the guardian or the one who guards he is not an impersonal, got that personal God? He is not an impersonal executive giving orders from on high. He is present help every step of the way we travel. Do you think the way to tell the story of Christian journey is to describe it as trials and tribulations? It's not. It is to name and to describe God who perseveres, the God who accompanies, and the God who rules us. Goes on just a little bit later to say, all the water in the oceans cannot sink a ship unless the water gets inside. All the water in the oceans cannot sink a ship unless it gets inside. Nor can all the trouble in the world harm us unless it gets within us. You see, that is the promise of the psalm. God guards you from every evil. Not the demon in the loose stone. Not the fierce attack of the sun god. Not the malign influence of the moon goddess. Not any of these can separate you from God's call and purpose. From the time of your repentance, right, when you got on God's path, 
From the time of your repentance that got you out of Kedar and Meshach, that's Psalm 120, those distant places, to the time of your glorification with the saints in heaven, with our friends, our families, our loved ones, those all who have called on the name of Jesus, God guards you from every evil. None of the things that happen to you, none of the troubles you encounter have any power to get in between you and God, dilute his grace in you, or divert his will from you. The only serious mistake we can make when illness comes, when anxiety threatens, when conflict disturbs our relationships with others, is to conclude that God has gotten bored looking after us has shifted his attention to a more exciting Christian? (laughs) Or how about a better Christian? Or that God has become disgusted with our meandering obedience and decided to let us fend for ourselves for a while? Or that God, God has gotten too busy fulfilling prophecy in the Middle East to take time now to sort out the complicated mess we've gotten ourselves into? (laughs) See, that's the only serious mistake we can make. It is a mistake that Psalm 121 prevents. Right? The truth that relocates us. The mistake of supposing that God's interest in us waxes and wanes in response to our spiritual temperature. Didn't wax and wane when he was in the boat with his disciples, did it? Before teaching them, he calmed the storm before trying to help them make sense of things, he showed up. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. In the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's called the Septuagint, the translators chose a really interesting word And it's a word that talks about ships. (laughs) Frapping. I never knew what frapping was. (laughs) But back in the day, um, in rough storms, ships were made out of planks, right? Wasn't that ship of like this secure hull and things like that, and you're watching Deadliest Catch and the small, you know, like, okay. No, like literally they could fall apart. Well, to frap something is is then to take, ropes or cords and literally tie the boat together to hold it together (laughs) and the word for help the greek writers chose to say god is the rope holding the ship together when it seems like it could fall apart my god did that this week And God did that for Dee, for those girls. My God did that as me and the boys got to ride a little bit on the motorcycle. And God could breathe a little life into me. My God, God has done that this morning. Not easy to sing songs today. And yet it was. Welcome to the Christian journey of hard and holy of telling ourselves the truth even though there's sometimes I don't, I, like I don't want anything to do with it 
And yet it's still true. And God goes, I got you. Even if everything feels like it's falling apart, let me be the rope holding it all together. May feel like I'm asleep. I'm not. I am your help. There's going to be some demons in the stones. <laughs> there are going to be some other gods who attack. The storms will rage. And even death may come. But there is nothing that our God can't do. We're going to sing in just a moment. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. You couldn't have picked a better song. Our God is higher than any other. And praise God that he is. Amen? Thanks for letting me be me. That's all you're ever going to get from me anyways. So I, I wasn't going to struggle with that one today. But thanks again for being the church. This is what we're about. If you're just visiting, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> um, this is both who we are and who we hope to be. We have freedom in Jesus Christ to be real because he gives us grace. We have friendship with him and we're learning how to be friends together. He gives forgiveness. We have to be friends who learn how to forgive. <laughs> but the rest, that wholeness, that peace, that shalom, that's Jesus. And man, the moments when we get to be the best of each other to one another, we get to taste heaven here on earth. This whole summer we prayed the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks for being a taste. Eternity's real. God is good. He is our help. Let's pray. You know, I'm going to ask you if you know the Lord's Prayer to pray it with me. Um, if you don't, that's okay. Listen in. Um, I'm going to do my best to say the words that we pray around here, but just join me if you can. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.